0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to On Podcast, the On Microsoft official podcast, the only podcast for On Microsoft. And I'm going to see how many times I can say on in 20 <laughs> seconds. I think I've got five. Uh, we are back. Uh, we took a short break. Uh, just to kind of rejigger the, the podcast a little bit. We are coming back with a uh, new thing for you guys, uh, something to, ch- to kind of try out today. I am joined with uh, the world's greatest co-host,
1: Ar- Arif Bakas.
0: Yeah, we're going to be uh, having an interview today, which is something nice and new and neat. Uh, But, you know, we'll go over what we're going to talk about today before we jump into that interview. Uh, Some of the topics we're going to be covering today uh, include uh, not only talking with a developer who uh, seems to be Windows only, and God knows why, but we'll ask him, (laughs) Uh, but we'll also be talking about uh, actually some Windows features, and we'll see how that kind of works in his development process, Uh, the new news and interest in the... Uh, Taskbar,
1: and then we'll also be talking about Microsoft's new rumored version of Outlook called Project Monarch. You guys might have heard the rumors about this new version of Outlook. So we'll just be looking at through, looking through, sifting through things, making sense of things, and trying to tell you when we expect to see this thing come to life,
0: if and when it ever does. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. then, um, Because you know, we plan to ask you know some questions, and we hopefully cover some things that you guys might uh, want to know about being a Windows developer or why being a Windows developer. Uh, that's going to be the majority of our time. So we, we only have a few topics and then we'll, you know, round up with uh, kind of our on podcast feature, which is the week ahead, where we'll be discussing uh, a lot of uh, CES news that will be coming out, uh, things that we're looking forward to, things that, you know, and probably a few uh, things that we're hoping uh, to see in 2021, uh, as well as, Engines, uh, which talks about the support for uh, M1 Max uh, and then a plan review for Flight Sim in VR because uh, Air finally got a headset and he's been in another world. <laughs>
1: apparently. Windows Mixed Reality headset, uh, we're finally back in with it again after my first time trying it in 2017. Here we are in 2021 with Windows Mixed Reality.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about if anything's changed.
1: So why don't you introduce our special guest, uh, Windows 10 developer, Joe Finney.
0: Yeah, uh, he is, uh, as mentioned, a Windows 10 developer. He's actually come up with a few uh, apps for Windows 10. Uh, He's always uh, live on Twitter talking about his development process, pushing his apps. Uh, The most recent one is TextGrab, which we'll uh, probably get into uh, early on, which is a really cool feature. Uh, allowing you to kind of uh, grab whatever you need to. It's a really advanced version of copy-paste, but uh, more intuitive than what Microsoft has even produced so far. Uh, it's a paid app, so, you know, uh, obviously we want to support him. But, you know, again, a Titan being a Windows developer. He was also a writer here at uh, on Microsoft, but this is, I believe, back when we were under a different title, different management. Uh, but we'll also talk to him about uh, some of that as well.
1: And here he is, he's waiting to join us so through Teams, so I'll admit him right now. And here we have Joe Ooh,
0: Finney. Right on time. Hey, 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 how's it going? Great, how is it, man?
2: It's good. It's going pretty good.
1: So pick Weird. up where we left off, Kareem, and tell us about Joe.
0: Uh, well, like I said, uh, Joe was a, a past writer, like he's he's moved on to bigger and better things. Uh, <laughs> and with that being said, we just kind of want to you know, learn about those things. I mean, for anybody who isn't following you uh, on Twitter or on other social media, shame on them. But um, just let us know uh, what you've kind of been into before we get into your apps specifically.
2: Yeah, so I'm a full-time engineer, mechanical engineer. That's my day job. Um, mm. Yeah, that's, it is what it is. Uh it keeps me busy. <laughs> but I, I was kind of writing for, at the time, wind Beta. if, uh, you know, some of the yeah. long-time readers would remember that. So, yeah, I was doing that on the side kind of as a fun little extra thing to do. Um, and then maybe five or so years ago, I kind of started using that extra bonus time, if you will, instead of writing. I've been more just getting into uh, Windows development. I did it a little bit at work. There was a project. that It was a super complicated, like, <laughs> HR lottery thing. And they were trying to come up with some crazy dice rolling thing. And I was like, I bet I could write a program to do this. So that was like a little bit of the entry. And then I spent more and more of my free time learning and doing it. And then I built a couple of apps. And now five years later, here I am. That's kind of my side gig kind of stuff.
1: So was <laughs> it writing about Windows that got you into wanting to develop Windows apps?
2: Um, I mean, I, I've been at Microsoft fanboy i've been obsessed with microsoft uh since i mean it's been my whole life i feel like yeah yeah for better for worse it i feel like it chose me um but i feel like writing about it i definitely got more of an understanding of like the microsoft as a bigger company and a broader company and everything that they had to offer um and then also seeing the the gaps um the gaps in Windows and the gaps in Office <laughs> and saying like, oh, man, you know, I really wish, you know, I really wish Microsoft would step <laughs> in here, you know, and following it so closely. I mean, I remember writing about OneNote features and talking about OneNote, which I love. I mean, OneNote's amazing, but the list of new features, <laughs> it, are, it, it's a very short list and it, a lot of it is focused on classroom usage. And at some point, I was like, "I'm, I'm not going to keep waiting on Microsoft." I mean, I've written so many articles about, you know, the stalling of OneNote, mm-hmm. and I used OneNote in a professional setting so much. I mean, so heavily, it's OneNote and on one side Excel, on the other side, and all day. And I just kind of got tired of waiting for Microsoft to make the features. So I'm like, you know what? I, I think I can figure this out. You know, I think I can <laughs> learn learn how to do these little like you know how people always say it's a few lines of code um it never is you know it's always more than a few lines of code but uh i was like i bet i could do this i want a little feature i'm going to make a little feature for myself and i did and it has been working out
0: i mean again before we jump right into that one because that was an amazing segue um i'm going to ruin it by asking this question (laughs) no problem you mentioned that you um were at work and um they had a raffle and you um so that you could write, you know, you could probably write something that would help them out. Mm -hmm. So is this something you learned in school? Like, how did you first get into just development in general? Yeah.
2: So I, I didn't take a a mechanical engineering degree. So I took maybe one or two computer programming classes. I've always been a computer nerd. I always knew, you know, how to switch over to the projector and how to, you know, change the fonts and things like that in Windows. So I wouldn't call that like, programmer developer kind of stuff Mm -hmm. Um, I actually grew up in the country where we didn't have good internet and I'm trying to become a developer without and we didn't have any uh, classes in school on it so no classes in school no good internet to you know look things up I basically kind of thought it was impossible if you will uh, to learn how to do it on my own and then I would always tell people because I felt like, oh, I have a career, so, you know, I don't need to, like, learn to be a programmer. Um, And I would tell people, hey, you know, you should learn to program. And people, you know, ask me about computers. And then eventually I was like, you know what, I'm going to take my own advice here. (laughs) I've been telling people they should learn to program for so long. And now I, you know, with VS Code and maybe it was kind of whenever Microsoft switched their strategy around Visual Studio and giving it away for free yes uh, community vi- right yeah visual studio community and it's the you know full featured visual studio so when that came around i was like okay i can i can get you know i can write applications i don't have to pirate software anymore <laughs> you know <laughs> i i can actually get this stuff for i can you know do it legally i can have the internet i have youtube i think i can really do this and that's kind of when i realized myself that I, I think I'm going to take a, you know, take a stab at trying to learn to program for once.
1: And he's made some really great Windows 10 apps, by the way. I mean, we forgot <laughs> nice. to introduce it. Out of all things, uh, Text Grab was his most recent app, and before mm-hmm. that. It was Ink Calendar, which mm-hmm. I sh- I'm sure everyone knows the built-in calendar in Windows 10 doesn't actually support inking out of all things, <laughs> like Joe was saying. Yeah. So that now so he, he, he solved two big problems in Windows with two of his apps.
2: Yeah, and both of them are definitely problems that I personally had. And that's always my like recommendation because I have now, when people hear that I make little apps on the side, they always ask me like, oh, you know, here's an idea, and I'm like, would you use this you know is this an app you would use and if they're like no no i just think that there are people i'm like don't do it just i mean maybe somebody else can do it but if you don't want to do it it's not for you don't make it and these were both apps where i was like i i want i mean i don't care if anybody else gets it i want it i want to use this so and there are other people who want it so that's good too Speaking
0: of years about we talk about this year and your app Mm-hmm. and you give us all the details about it cuz i just uh, again before you came on i was i went to go use the app uh, a few a few days ago and i felt like i was it asked me to for a charge but your app is free right so yeah i just started charging for it
1: ah, ah so kareem is right
2: yeah you're right which i can no yeah i was, no, yeah, was going to send you guys a free code and you can uh, put it in the show notes for this podcast for like i don't know 100 free codes or something um for listeners but, yeah, yeah. It, it is a weird app, and it's a really basic app. So TextGrab is the one we're talking about right now. Right. Um, yeah, I, so frequently I will be working, and I will want to just get some text that I can see on the screen, and I want to paste it somewhere. And I can't do that because it's a photo, or it's a PDF that I can't select a text, or it's in a video, or whatever it is. And so, this app, all it does is it opens up a window over your screen, and then you select a region, and it takes that and passes it to the Windows 10 uh, OCR API, and gives you text, and that's it. That's
1: it's awesome. super
2: basic, yeah. <laughs> but it's really quick. It does not run in the background. It doesn't collect your data. It doesn't have some proprietary OCR thing that I'm, you know, building some big neural net. I'm not training self driving cars with it. Um we
0: will see you in the news in like a year or two. Well maybe, but
2: (laughs) he's secretly
1: behind Apple Car.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I'm not it's none of that. It's super basic, super simple. And the idea is that it gets out of the way. In my mind, this was for people like myself who might use it, you know, a dozen or two dozen or a hundred times a day. Um and it should be as simple as copy and paste, but doing a bunch of cool stuff in the background.
0: Yeah, that's how I had described it before you came on. Like, it's, it's a super neat and one of those kind of apps that, you know, once you've used it, you're like, how, why wasn't this kind of built in? Like, why haven't <laughs> I been doing, why haven't I been able to do this before? Yeah.
2: And you can. Um, that's the funny thing. Some people will point out, oh, OneNote does it kind of. Kind not. of. Yeah. And then you can, there's actually a feature in the start menu.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Where you can do a screenshot, but. It actually it takes open... you to
1: Bing Yeah, <laughs> and it, uploads... <laughs>
2: yeah. And it uploads
1: internet.
2: Yeah, it uploads your screenshot to Bing. Joe's
1: app is all offline. You don't need any internet to use mm. it. You could do it completely disconnected and it works just fine.
2: Yeah, you could do it from a submarine. Yep. Um... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and it's just a little app that I wanted to make and it's an app that I I don't believe in writing software and then walking away from it. So that's part of why I started charging for it is, I mean, I'm going to be around. I'm going to be working on this thing for, I mean, I've been working on Incalender for four years, so I'll be working on this for more than that, unless Microsoft puts it in the operating system. Um, But yeah, I mean, I plan on adding features. I plan on putting it in different spots. I plan on, I don't know, trying to make it more accurate somehow. Yeah, whatever I can do.
0: Yeah, but, I mean... If for anybody who's listening or anybody who's watching, it's, I think it's well worth it. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll give you uh, the link path to, to go and uh, grab it because it's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. It's a sweet little app that, again, it's something that I use every day. And I was like, man, this, you know, I want something quicker. And I made it.
0: Uh, I thank you for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. People have gone crazy over this app. I mean... This is another one of those crazy like uh how you start doing something and you think oh I really love this but then no yeah you know, nobody downloads it nobody pays attention to it. So my first app I was just checking today has 300 downloads. Wow. Textgram has been out in the store available for a week and a half mm-hmm. and has over
0: 2000 downloads. Wow. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> Like, <laughs> I, here's, here's gonna be mine. Yeah, I'm actually going to steal our plain question because it kind of really leads into this that you see, you know, like you mentioned, you see the gaps. Are there things that are currently in Windows app-wise that you love, you know, or what are your favorite Windows apps that are currently, you know, as they are um, mm-hmm. being used? Uh, and then uh, what are some that you were kind of have your eye on? Like, I could tweak that. I <laughs> could adjust that one. Yeah, so this is... <laughs>
2: I'm an engineer, so the Windows Calculator app is actually really good. Um, I use the converter there. It's quick, it's simple. You can have multiple instances. They do a really good job of that. They added the uh, was a compact overlay, mm-hmm. so you can have it on you know on top of Windows. I use that all the time, and it's one of those. I think the account, the calculator is a great example of an app that could have been less if they you know they they could have easily explained away how they just need a basic calculator but they you know made a currency converter and they added you know all these different conversions and they did a really good job with that and it's very useful um which yeah one of those little apps that some people use and i use it all the time uh but and i know the mail and calendar apps in windows 10 are not everybody's cup of tea at work i use outlook uh but on my devices, you know, I need basic mail and calendar. Basic mail and calendar. They're they're <laughs> there. They're fine. They're simple. You know, it's pops up. It's a fine app, and it's I think it's a good built-in app. And I know all the you know, Project Monarch stuff is coming out, and that's exciting. And I'm excited to have you know a consistent feature set like snoozing emails, you know, <laughs> like stuff like that. That would be nice. Um, but a lot of the built-in apps are they're pretty solid.
0: I mean, I like, now that I'm using a Surface Go 2 more often, mm-hmm. and I'm using the touch interface, uh, I know that you know Microsoft doesn't seem to cater enough to touch, but that Mail and Calendar app seems to be really good for quick yeah. triage, uh, especially through touch. And I was a little worried when I wrote about Monarch, because I'm like, I like the web app when I'm using pointer mm-hmm. references, but... When I'm using a tablet or tablet mode or anything that's going to essentially, you know, in the future be a dual screen, you know, foldable or whatever, I want to use the mail encounter. I just want more features for it. So if they're going to start designing the web app based on, you know, the, the Outlook.com one, I'm a little worried about that. But I do, like you, <laughs> I love using the mail, build, uh, built-in mail app, when, especially when in uh, touch mm-hmm. mode.
2: Same. I use it on my Surface Go. And I have a Surface Go one. And when you click on edge, it's what, what two seconds, three seconds, and it pops up, and then the you know new page a new tab page flashes, and you're like, "Ah, oh, come on, but when yeah. you just click on that mail icon, boom, it's right there exactly. and, it, and there is something when especially with a mail app where you use it so often, you want it to be quick, you don't want it to take a gig of ram <laughs> i mean yeah. it's like you know the little things. <laughs> That that actually will segue
1: us into another question that uh, we have. What is the best and worst thing about developing for Windows Ten?
2: Oh man, just run with it. Yeah. Just go. Just take, go. Take go full hour. on. <laughs> yeah. There's a. It's so I've done a little bit of, or I've toyed around with web development. I don't know if anybody sort of you knows Ruby on Rails, um, and all of the web stack. So just to compare, like. Um, UWP development versus you know any sort of maybe say JavaScript like React development. Um, UWP, you go to you know VisualStudio.com, you install their application, you check all of their boxes, you see little progress bars, you hit OK, build, new, done. There it is. You want to upload it to their store? You hit package, you upload it. You know it opens Microsoft's website. you know everything is Microsoft and end, which is good. You go to Microsoft's forums for when you have problems. You email, you know, tweet at Microsoft when you have issues, like all the sorts of stuff.
0: Yeah, I feel a big butt coming on.
2: No, <laughs> it, that's that's great when it works. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as something doesn't work, it's like, well, Microsoft built it, and uh, the part <laughs> that's breaking is a closed source element, and you don't have, you know, you can't see why it's breaking, and. Uh, there are no substitutes. you have to do it their way, and it's you know I've had issues where I can't build a uh, package for in calendar or the signing the way that it has the uh, the certificates on my desktop and I'm testing on my laptop and it it's like just all sorts of little weird stuff that can get messed up and you basically either have to do it their way or that's it you have to do it their way and like with web development, there's just a lot of there's a million choices. there's a million paths, which has its own problems. I mean you have a million different sources for like help and how to, and there's no right way to do it, and there's no wrong way to do it and so yeah, they're different.
0: <laughs> do you think the process has gotten more complicated as they've added more tools to their to their stack
2: yeah u w p they're definitely it makes development harder because they are so it's so contained and locked down, and they want to make it through the store. and you the API surface is limited because obviously you can't just do anything. You don't have full access to a user's computer, which I think is a good thing. Um, but that means that whenever you are trying to do a final release, all those security checks kind of get all complicated and messed up. Like if you're just building a WPF app and you want to make a you know little EXE and put it up on the web for people to download, it's easy. But it's also easy to do that because it's dangerous. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you could put anything in there. You could do anything. You have full access to a person's computer. And so I think there are trade-offs, but I think mainly they are just security trade-offs that Microsoft is trying to do.
0: I think this actually would go into, again, airs next question, which I believe you know, you're asking about exclusivity.
1: Yeah, so um, I think I believe that I messaged you when I had my Surface Duo. I asked you about Ink Calendar and porting it over to, to Android. So is there any specific reason why you're exclusive to Windows for now and why you're not looking into the other platforms like Android or iOS?
2: Well, I mean, it's one of those really simple things is I'm not a professional developer. Right. I don't have an Android phone. So, and uh, I don't have Are a Mac. you still
0: rocking the Windows phone?
2: No, no. no. Ah. I know, iPhone, sorry, iPhone 8. We um, just lost
0: half our audience right there. I know.
2: <laughs> I, man, just... I, I used a Windows phone. Lumia 830 was my last uh, Windows phone for so long. I mean, it was crazy. My first app was a Windows phone app. Um, but, yeah, I don't have a Mac, so I can't make iOS apps. Mm-hmm. I would probably. Uh, Yeah, I think I would make some apps. But I use Windows every day and I love it. So, and I really like C sharp. C sharp is, it's great.
0: It's so much fun to write. he's, He's toying with the idea of Mac right now.
2: Yeah, Mac's fine, but I use Windows at work. I have Windows for at home when I play games, when I develop, when I like it, just works for everything. And I like to keep stuff simple. I don't like having a million different platforms if I can. If I can, but I I have toyed around with web development because that's kind of the, you know, the golden goose. You write one line of code and any device, anywhere, anything can get at it. So
1: are progressive web apps the future?
2: (laughs) Um, they are the future for some people. I don't, yeah, (laughs) I, I don't know. I, I would have, I mean, a year ago, I would have said, oh yeah, but I'm like, where are they? What Like, what is a good example of a really good progressive web app that really shows that, no, this cannot be a regular website and it's better than an or just as good as an app? I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, it, as someone who you just mentioned getting into web development, do you see any potential like large hurdles as to why more people aren't just investing their time into this one platform and then distributing it out to mobile and desktop? Because it seems like on paper, mm-hmm. this is where you would invest your time and money. Like, why would you want to hire or assign or you know take time out of your day to to coordinate different platforms when you can just say like, here's the web, and I distribute it everywhere.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the web is just so complicated. Um, like the idea of if it is everywhere, that means you're either if your app is super simple and it's like Twitter, where you're refreshing a feed, and you sure. Yeah, that can work on phones, that can work on desktops, easy. But if you have something like Teams,
1: Oh yeah, teams. you got a bunch of different
2: You have like video and you have and then that you have video performance and you have audio and you have messaging and you have documents and you have tasks and you have lit It's like, oh my gosh. you have to consider all those different UIs for all the different screen sizes. And then you're also, if it's a web app, you're on a layer that you don't control. So your app is running on a browser. Is it Safari? Is it Chrome? Is it an out-of-date version of Chrome? Is it Internet Explorer, which my coworkers use all the time? (laughs) I mean, you have no idea. Like, you have no control. And with no control comes kind of a chaotic way to try to triage bugs. And the people who are using your app aren't developers. They're not professionals when it comes to, you know, giving you bug reports. So if you're a big company and you're going to make that investment, you have to like hire probably a ton of people just to work with the customers who are seeing problems because, you know, Oh, my app won't work. Okay. You know, what browser are you on? What is this? What is that? You know, what operating system? I mean, there's so many layers and it, it's just, I don't know. It's just so much more complicated. And if you're a small team and you have a really focused application, maybe you don't need to go on web, but if you want to reach everyone, yeah, you. Ha- I mean, you have to go web. <laughs> it doesn't matter what. Like, yeah. If you if you have broad appeal, it
1: right. is gonna be a problem for them too. Because um, yeah, from baby. everything yeah. we're hearing with Windows ten, this was a question I also had for him.
2: Um, See, everything but-
1: we're hearing with Windows ten x is that there won't be no Win thirty two apps. It's all just gonna be slim, mm-hmm. slim down, lightweight, and version of Windows like Chrome OS where you do everything on the web. So. What would you like to see in the next version of Windows 10 or even Windows 10 X personally as a developer?
2: As a developer? Yeah. I want to be able to put things on the taskbar. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. that's, I have a couple apps where I could definitely use the taskbar as a way to interact with the app and not take over your screen or interact with the screen as much. Um that's like a simple little thing that I don't think we'll ever see because it seems like Microsoft is trying to move away from o s specific especially windows specific things, yeah, whatever that's how they're gonna be um there's a really old a p i that goes back to like windows x p that you can use, but come on, Mike, <laughs> let's get something new here um, yeah. but although I mean with Windows Ten x, I feel like trade offs so far in the arm story and everybody who's ever used you know surface rt surface rt2 windows you know the (laughs) surface X, all these devices it seems like there's the trade-offs aren't there so you lose compatibility but you gain some kind of weird maybe battery life and you're like "Eh." and like instant on isn't there really or it kind of was but then like your battery life wasn't as good as an ipad and it's not as good as your phone it's not as quick as your phone so well they also had
0: that like hot bag issue didn't they with oh yeah the way it was being implemented it would like just randomly turn on right to get a download and not shut itself off right
2: so i think uh, the reason why a lot of people use their phone for apps and do a lot of stuff on their phone is because it's in their pocket and they can walk around with it and they can pull it out hit the button and it's awake and they can do stuff and they put it away, but if I'm like, oh, let me, you know, look at my email real quick. I open up my Windows laptop, and I wait for it to wake up, and I wait, you know, and I wait, and I wait. okay,
1: <laughs> and then it
2: wakes up, and then I'm like, all right, all right, all right, here we go. And then you log in, and then you got to open your browser, and, then, and it's like, I mean, if Windows 10x was quicker when it came to that, and it had some sort of, you know, efficient sleep state, you know, no Win32, but you know, great battery life on the same device and a really good quick resume they're like okay i might pick it up more often and i think that's the key is if you know if there's a table with a phone and a you know tablet and a laptop which one are you gonna grab for what like if i'm if i'm writing a long email laptop you know if i'm gonna go grab an uber i'm not gonna grab the laptop (laughs) So I think it really, okay. really going to think about why and what what device is the best.
0: But with that being said, and you, I mean, to your earlier to your point just a second ago, um, do you do you have anything mapped out on the roadmap on the horizon for maybe doing more mobile? Uh, if Microsoft can't, or if the way that Windows 10X is going is more along those lines, are are you worried about it? Or are you like looking at more mobile mobile esque type app development?
2: Um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like most of the apps I have in mind are either desktop applications like WPF mm-hmm. uh, for Windows, or more tablet sized. I feel like the I don't have any. I yeah, I have no ideas for like social apps, or I don't have ideas for like I don't know some hologram camera thing. I don't know. I just don't have those ideas right now. <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, we'll see. I, Windows 10 next to me is interesting from a. If Microsoft can make a device that actually has some benefits for being limited, um, then maybe people will be more interested in getting apps that do the same kind of thing, like UWP apps that, like we said, the mail app is quick and light. Maybe not fully featured, doesn't take a gig of RAM, but, you know, I'd say that's a good thing sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully they hopefully they actually don't try to please everyone and make some sort of weird thing that doesn't actually make it's not really good for anyone. And that seems like that's what they've tried to do in the past.
0: I feel like if you were in the meeting for Windows 10X, you would have been kicked out right now. They were yeah. like, let's get <laughs> the hell out of here. And let's right. go back to what we're going to do. We're going to please yeah. everybody and make a, right. a spaghetti meatball sandwich out of this entire thing. I don't know. Seems I mean, risky. I, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not huge in the Windows 10X thing, just because I don't see, at least as of, as it's being described, and again, a lot of this is rumors and stuff we get from Zach and, his Mm -hmm. source and things like that but i don't see the the benefit like even with windows 10s mode i could see the light at the end of the tunnel what they were going for as far as the chromebook competitor but windows 10x also being a chromebook competitor but not offering the same sort of uh compatibility that windows Mm TenS can do just seems really weird and uh, you know again i need to see it more fleshed out Mm -hmm. but uh as of right now, I'm kind of like, okay, I'll stick with Windows 10. It's <laughs> yeah. got everything I need. Just give me better battery somehow.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I love Microsoft, and that's why I talk about the things I love and the things I don't love. But I use them every day, and I'm probably going to use them every day in 10 years. So wow. I want it to be better in 10 years. I don't want it to be the same. <laughs> here's
0: here's going to be my last question. I mean, I have tons of questions, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll chat Yeah, Twitter yeah. and stuff like that. But my last you know, interview question is, Do you find, or do you even try to market on the Microsoft Store? Like, is it, do you think that the changes that they've made from when your first app, which you just Mm -hmm. told us had a few downloads, to what they've done now has helped? Or would you like to see more or, or a different way to promote?
2: Yeah, it's Windows app development is definitely like this weird. Redheaded stepchild in the world of app development. If if you go to Twitter right now and you say I want to buy ads to um, sell my or to drive downloads of my app, they'll say, "Okay, yeah, is it an iOS app or an Android app?" And I'm like, "It's a Windows. <laughs> like, there's no option for Windows apps." Um, I think I've tried paying for Microsoft. I think it's through the store or something um, to pay for it, but it's just doesn't really return like you would think um, yeah. I would every time I use the store app it i'm um, it's a weird app <laughs> it does weird <laughs> stuff um it's I honestly feel like it's like a web like I wonder if it's actually built with web technology um the way that it behaves but yeah the the developer experience leaves some a lot to be desired. I think Microsoft is used to dealing with big corporate. Uh, developers with these big mega apps that, you know, they manage the support, they manage distribution, and they build it for Windows. And with UWP, they were like, hey, we can, you know, hire a couple people, put a dashboard up there, and we will be as successful as the iOS app store. Not so much. (laughs) They, uh, They haven't really invested in the backside of Microsoft has to manage app data and downloads and store pages and reviews and replying and like all the weird stuff that developers have to deal with. It's just not a great experience on the back end. And it has not changed or improved since I've been a developer, which is unfortunate, but it hasn't been enough to drive me away. <laughs> They're working their hardest, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the one guy who has half time on this. I don't know. Yeah.
1: It is Microsoft we're talking about after all, so. <laughs>
2: right. It is what it is, right? I mean, it's still working, so I appreciate that, and it works, and usually it's fine, but man, it is weird.
0: <laughs> well, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, yeah, like I thanks said, for having uh, me on. Yeah, I follow you on Twitter, and I would suggest everyone else do, and you know, if you want to give out your social media handles or any other information, uh, feel free to do right now, and.
2: So I'm on Twitter at the Joe Finn, T H E J O E F I N. And if you have any questions, you can feel free to email me at Joe at incalendar.com or Joe at textgrabber.net Or textgrab.net. I always say grabber. I mean maybe I should buy that domain <laughs> too. And that would be easy. <laughs> there you go. I think, that made, I think that one was taken actually, so I had to uh-huh. shorten it. Um so yeah, any of those ways to get a hold of me. Um if you have any questions about Windows development, I'd love to try to answer them. I'm also still a, you know, beginner as far as a lot of stuff is concerned. I do some UWP stuff, but I can definitely point your question in the right direction.
1: All right, Thanks so much, Joe. We really yeah. appreciate having you on.
0: Yeah, so we look forward to hearing from you again it's soon. Sweet. All righty.
1: All right. Thanks, Joe.
0: Yeah, good talking. Good class, All
1: right. Take care.
0: Yeah, you too. Stay safe.
1: Oh, it's just us two again now.
0: Ah, you guys are stuck with us. (laughs) (laughs) We'll try to make it short.
1: Well, uh, Joe did get into some of, we kind of went back and forth, back and forth between a lot of topics, but he covered a lot of things we would talk about, so we'll just try and keep it brief here to end. But the second topic that we wanted to get into was the new news and interest section in the Windows 10 taskbar, which Joe just so happened to talk about. So Kareem and I are always saying, when the hell are we going to see New Windows ten features. So I do have my Windows insider hat. So it's time to put it on because we got a brand new got a brand new Windows feature for the first time.
0: Are there cobwebs in there?
1: Yeah. It's it, it was gathering dust, so I, I cleaned it up a bit.
0: There so you now go.
1: Now we're fresh and we're ready to talk about the latest Windows feature, which is the news and interests section in the Windows 10 taskbar. So if you didn't hear, it's coming in the latest Windows Insider dev build. I think it's build 21286 from the Redstone pre-release branch, if I'm getting that right. So anyway, the the feature is kind of like the old Windows sidebar feature from Windows Vista. But it's in your taskbar where you click this icon in your taskbar and it'll bring up a little pop-up hub and you'll be able to see the weather, your sports, some um, news stories stocks. from a whole bunch from Watch stocks, live maps, from a whole bunch of different sources. And the point of the feature is I think Panos was tweeting about it on and posting on Instagram. Microsoft doesn't want you to take your phone out of your pocket every single time like like Joe was saying when he was on earlier take your phone to check the weather take your phone to check the news take your phone to check the traffic with this new news and interest section in the taskbar you just click the corner in the taskbar and you'll get the pop-up hub with everything that you need to know so it's basically pushing windows further a bit even though it's a feature that as you said something that nobody asked for
0: yeah no it isn't uh but you know you and again, you and I talked off mic about Windows 10 and its lack of tablet features. You wrote a piece about this, um, especially specifically talking about the browser and things like that. Like it seems as much as they've refined Windows 10 and kind of drug it out of the morass that is Windows 8, um, they left a lot of the tablet features behind. And I feel like if this is going to be a Windows 10x thing, and as Joe said, he wants more features in the in the taskbar. Uh, we have a really robust search at least for Windows 10 considering in the taskbar with the the search icon, you can search web, you can search apps, you can search the desktop Um, and putting this off to the right, or I guess left-hand side of the taskbar now is making all that stuff touch accessible uh, for people who have like a Surface Pro, Surface Pro X, Surface Go. You you know, if you don't already have the taskbar and hide feature, which I do, you can kind of swipe up from the bottom to bring it up. If it's just there constantly, you can reach your thumb over, hit that, the visual on the taskbar that'll bring up this uh, basically widget panel, this widget overlay, as you're still doing stuff. So you're in your email, you're you know looking at an Excel thing, and you want to just check something really quick. You hit it with your thumb, the overlay pops up right on top, right above the app you're already using, and you get this cool little uh, jolt of information. Uh, and again, this is a thing that I think can traverse uh, desktop and tablet mode for, for a lot of people, or people who have. <clears throat> foldables i guess that are becoming out like the windows or like lenovo's x1 uh fold or whatever it's called so this is you know potentially one step towards the visual uh overhaul that could incorporate more touch things
1: and it and does be, look yeah. it, it does look pretty nice too, because yeah. it has all the fluent design background. I mean, my editor at my other publication was saying, hey, maybe this is te- them testing some one of the core elements of Windows 10X, and we don't even know it. I remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about that before the
0: break. Yeah, and speaking of testing core elements and visual designs. Uh, next- <laughs> Segue! Look at that, I'm, I'm getting as good as you are. And I just ruined it by highlighting that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the new Outlook, uh, the new One Outlook vision, uh, which is being called Project Monarch uh, on the inside in Microsoft. Um, it's basically another stab at uh, consolidating Outlook somehow, making it uh, one app versus the desperate like three apps I think we have currently. Um, from what the story is, we see that Microsoft is underway with a project uh, called Monarch. And it tends to replace the Windows 10 desktop client and uh uwp or web app uh so far um in most some of you might be scratching your head saying well what about the actual business one they're not touching that for right now so for those of you who rely upon that which i believe are in the millions if not billions uh that one is not being touched but uh, they do have plans to bring that into the fold you know years down the road once this one comes out Um, with that being also being said uh, Project Monarch isn't uh, due to see the light of day until 2022 at the earliest. Uh, you know, Microsoft lets dates slip, so we could be looking at you know probably the end of 2022, maybe the beginning of 2023. But it's a long, long haul in order to get this uh, new web-based, web-powered version of Outlook on there. Um, we had a secondary story after I wrote it, uh, written by Laurent, who goes into more detail about the app itself. I mean, as of right now, you need a uh, Microsoft.
1: Internal Microsoft account,
0: yep. Internal Microsoft account to test it out, and it's really just a shell of the current uh, web app that they have. The idea is that they're going to take the web app and build in all of the uh, tie-ins to uh, OS-specific features. Uh, So you'll be able to basically run the app, Without having the heavy weight load of, of uh, Outlook on your computer, but still get all the benefits of notifications and a lot of the uh, feature-heavy things where they save cash and things like that on your desktop to make it speedy. Um, again, this is uh, we had our first look at it. You can look at it on um, the article I wrote or the article that Lauren wrote. It's you know visually nice. It still looks a lot like the same of uh, the current uh, OWA uh, app or whatnot. So. Um, We haven't seen a lot of the fluent designs brought over to the web yet, but this is planned. Um, So for those of you who are what Microsoft considers quote-unquote brave dog fooders, you can try and uh, there's a step (laughs) process to kind of get into testing this. Again, you're not going to see a lot of new features or benefits yet because this thing is, again, a year or so off in development. So uh, we'll keep you up to date on the news. Um, and any new developments uh, that come up with that, but again, just keep this in the back of your mind that Microsoft is attempting to consolidate Outlook once again, and hopefully, we don't get a third, fourth, fifth app out of the process. And instead of doing the one that they wanted,
1: it's not just a glorified progressive web app, is it?
0: No, no. It's uh, I mean, it uses HTML, uh, HTML five, um, and it will have, like I said, features integrations into the OS itself. Um, it's also, what is it?
1: Um, yeah, there's a lot of rumors about it right now, so we're not sure what is, what is,
0: What is it, what isn't there yet, because but,
1: Microsoft didn't even officially announce it. It was just a random rumor that came out of nowhere in the middle of the week.
0: Yeah. Um, but like, you know, like we said, it's, uh, it's going to be beefier than a regular, um, progressive web app and it's supposed to, again, if it's at some point going to consolidate the actual uh, weightlifter that is Outlook, the app itself. Uh, Oh, oh, also to keep in mind, this isn't just Windows-based only, obviously it's the web, so it's meant to replace what Mac will be using and and what people can get on Android and apps, things like that. So um, again, this is supposed to be the one, we'll see. You will see how Microsoft's consolidation efforts have gone in the past.
1: So that uh, that's pretty much everything that we had for the podcast this week, which means yes, yeah, I mean, it it's a time
0: because everyone's on vacation. So,
1: but there was a lot of news uh, yeah. for the first week in January. But usually, January is all about CS. But Microsoft did start things off with a bang with the task with the news and interesting, and then also the rumors about Project Monarch. But there's still a lot to come this week ahead, which means it's time for the week ahead segment
0: uh, oh, where,
1: yes. where we'll be talking about CES news and also some editorial stuff that we have planned at on Microsoft for this week.
0: Yeah, um, as you mentioned, CES is uh, underway. Uh, we've seen some uh, Microsoft partners kind of release uh, their lineup for 2021, uh, Dell coming out of the gate with uh, its new, uh, how do you pronounce it? Is it Latitude? or
1: Latitude.
0: Latitude lineup. The position lineups have all all gotten refreshes. Uh, Some of them are coming. uh, I I don't know if they did this last year, the year before last, but they're coming preloaded. Or you can configure with Ubuntu uh, uh, Linux OS. Uh, Some of them are also exploring uh, AMD as a chipset. So this is going to be news, I think, throughout the thread of CES is the exploration of, uh, high-performance Snapdragon uh, chipsets for some of the um, 5G-connected laptops or devices, and AMD coming out of the gate with some uh, better-performing, cooler-running, less-expensive chips to kind of go against Intel. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Lenovo also came out with its lineup uh, early on. Uh, we, we got to see uh, some additions to the IdeaPad, I believe, uh, they're now equipping that with 5G, <clears throat> which means it'll be running a uh, Snapdragon uh, processor in there. And uh, I haven't seen any benchmarks on it yet, but it's supposed to be, you know, as everyone says, every year it's 30% better than the last year. So, <laughs> uh, we'll see how those work out. Uh, so we'll be keeping you updated. Just keep a look at uh, of the week about new devices that are coming out. Uh, everyone's going to be trying to it's interesting because we're in the quarantine a lot of these things have been mobile first devices you know putting lte 5g in it, uh instant on things like that and obviously they were in production long before the pandemic happened so it'd be interesting to see how everyone navigates this new sort of work from home sort of going back to work sort of reduced staff or reduced uh, occupancy outside of the home and how they kind of add that in their marketing
1: and uh, there's also some stuff to talk about with Microsoft Edge. Um, it's a topic that we've covered before. Um, a couple of weeks ago, the Canary version of Edge got the support for Apple M1 Max, but now it's also moving into the dev branch as well, which means uh, usually once stuff hit the dev branch, it's usually just two or three weeks or probably a month or a month and a half away before it goes to stable. So we're expecting... The stable version of edge to get support for apples m one max pretty soon
0: yeah and then um our last one bit of uh, information is a little fun thing uh, about windows and it's uh our own co-host here has gotten yeah. himself a mixed reality headset uh, he's revisiting it after uh what's it three three and a half four years
1: yeah in 2017 i did have the lenovo explorer mi- windows mixed reality headset that was when Windows Mixed Reality was supposedly going to be a quote-unquote mainstream thing, <sighs> where you <laughs> where you saw where you saw headsets from Dell and HP, Lenovo and Samsung. But since then, obviously, uh, I believe I checked it just before we came on, and Windows Mixed Reality headsets are only about 10% of the market right now. So it's not really that something that's popular amongst people who are into VR and AR, but uh, I did get one and we're trying to, um using it for the past couple of days, especially with a flight simulator. So look out for my impressions of uh, the Samsung HMD plus Odyssey. I, I don't know the name off my top of my head, but <laughs> it's basically Samsung's last windows mixed reality headset. And, my impressions for the headset and how it works with Windows, Windows Mixed Reality. It's going to be two separate posts, one with with just how it works in Microsoft Flight Sim, like we were saying back in December, how I wanted to get my hands on with VR and Flight Sim. So now, finally happened, and you'll you'll see a hands-on impressions post from me about that. And then the second part is just a general look at revisiting Windows Mixed Reality in 2021 and like, how far it's come since it was introduced. Look at Steam VR and, and some of the games and, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So uh we'll have some gaming news uh that isn't Xbox related. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, well I uh, mean that's it for our week back. Um hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys are staying safe.
1: Yeah, thanks for watching everyone. Uh you can find us on Twitter. I am at a back and you are.
0: At Mindhead1.
1: He still doesn't have the original Mindhead
0: name. No, I've, I've actually spoken with the person. They're not giving it up, and I don't have the money <laughs> to fight it. So I'm going to make Mindhead 1 way more popular than the original Mindhead.
1: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's it, everyone. Thanks for watching, and we hope to see you again soon. Same place, same time.
0: Thank you.